Welcome to So Much More. I'm Jody Nisnik. This is a podcast designed to help you create space for God. Jesus, in some of his last words, found in John 16, 12, stated, There is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the Spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I'm excited to have Jurla Prevalon with me as we have a conversation around Psalm 37 and what the Lord is teaching her. Jurla is an ordained minister through the Evangelical Covenant Church. She's also a licensed professional counselor and the founder of Elevate Her International Ministries, where she travels the world to teach women about trauma and how to find healing from trauma. She was born in Haiti, grew up in New Jersey, but then she made a 16-year detour through Dallas, which is where I met her and where we had the privilege of working alongside each other for a short season. Jerla is a passionate speaker and preacher on the intersection of faith and trauma, racial justice, and how the gospel liberates women and really all of God's children to live a life of purpose on purpose. So welcome, Jerla. I am so glad that you are here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad I'm here too. I'm excited about this. Well, I'm glad. So I uh, introduced you a little bit, but why don't you tell us, what did I leave out? What are some other things that you want to tell us about who you are? Well, I am the proud mom of three young adult sons. My oldest is 23 and our twins are 20. And um, I'm here in New Jersey and they're all in Texas. (laughs) <laughs> the two are finishing college in Texas, and my oldest just moved back. He found a job in, in the Dallas area, so he's there. So my husband and I are here surrounded by our families, and I love it. I just absolutely love it. Well, Texas misses you, I think. Yes. But yes. We're, we're glad that you're happy in New Jersey. <laughs> yes, yes. I love uh, it. We're gearing up for the for the winter season here. So Yeah, yeah. you're actually going to have a real winter, not like a oh, Texas yeah. winter. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, before we dive in, I want to do a quick reminder about the passage that we're in. So we um, are studying or listening to Psalm 37. And it's just verses one through four and seven. So let me read that for us real quick before we get started. So the reading of Psalm 37. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. All right, so uh, Psalm 37 is actually kind of a lengthy psalm. And so this is just the very beginning of it. We did this as a Lectio, asking the Lord to draw our attention to a word or a phrase. So, Jerla, where did the Lord take you in this? Um, First of all, this is, it it was timely when I read this and I started preparing myself to hear from God through this psalm. 
Um, I, I don't know if many of the listeners or you are aware, but there is a trial that is going on um, for the two men that murdered Ahmad Arbery. Um, and for those of you who are unaware of the trial, um, Ahmad uh, Arbery was running and, um, you know, a few men caught up with him and thought he was um, vandalizing properties or uh, I, I don't know all the circumstances of the, the case, but um, his life was um, ended up being murdered and taken um, by the men. Um, it, it was a violent crime. And so in this season, um, many, you know, black, brown and just the world really are just we're holding our breath to see, you know, what justice will look like in, in this season for this family and for the, the black and brown community, um, mm-hmm. you know, because racial, uh, racial violence and racial trauma is real. So, um, so for me, you know, I felt this anxiety that's rising up, you know, I haven't been able to watch the news or, you know, or even read um, a, a different accounts online about the case because I'm, I, I just feel the, the trauma in my body and I felt the anxiety. And, the, and so when I read this psalm, the word that popped out really quickly was do not fret, the word fret. And for me, fret instantly spoke of my anxiety. You know, um, do not fret because of those who are evil or be anxious of those who do wrong. You know, and and it's almost as if God was saying, be still. You know, the last Mm -hmm. part of the verse where it says, be still. It's almost, you know, I do a lot of work with the intersections of trauma and and faith um, and theology. It's almost as if God knew of my trauma, our trauma, the trauma of our community. And he's speaking into that and saying, don't be worried. Don't be anxious in the face of evil. That's the first place I went to when Mm -hmm. I first read that, because I needed God in that moment to speak into the, the racial trauma or the, the trauma signs that I I was having in that moment, you know, of just, the, just the sheer anxiety, just the worry, the hypervigilance, you know, all those are trauma um, signs. And, and, and instantly that psalm just said, peace, be, be still. Don't mm-hmm. be worried. Don't be anxious. You yeah. know, take some deep breath, um, especially as you're seeing those who are doing evil. Um, peace, be still. So, yeah, that's that's why I went with it right away. Mm, that's good. Uh, so a couple things come to mind is one, I'm really glad you brought up Ahmad Aubrey and um, I have been reflecting on him because he's 25 or he was 25, mm-hmm. which is yeah. my oldest daughter's age. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it just, I just sat down the other day. I don't know why I hadn't heard that he was 25 before, mm-hmm. but I just sat down and I thought, Oh my goodness, his my mm-hmm. daughter's whole life is ahead of her. His whole life was ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just gone. And it's yeah. unjust and all of the things. So I love that um, you're bringing that again to our attention so that we can yeah. address it and think about it um, and honor him, I think, in thinking about him and um, and his life. Um, yeah. 
The second thing is that word fret. I was reading in my Bible this morning, um, kind of preparing for this, and I had jotted in the margin about that word fret because I think I looked it up a while ago um, that what it really means is to not become hot, um, kindled, or burn with anger. And so I think that's such a, I, I, that added a lot of depth to me in that word mm-hmm. fretting, because I think sometimes we think fretting is just kind of like pacing back and forth and rubbing our hands together and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, you know, being kind of anxious about something, but this is actually letting those seeds, um, of anger go deep into our heart and start to kindle, you know, fanning the flames right. of the anger. Right. Um, and it's easy to do because when someone is evil and when they have done wrong, it, it, it does feel so unjust. And so, um, Thanks for bringing yeah. that up. Yeah, because I sit um, on a daily, you know, basis with people who um, have been victimized or um, someone has done some kind of wrong to get them to a place where there's trauma, you know, unless un- unless it's, you know, natural dis- a natural disaster. But for the most part, you know, as a therapist and a pastor, I see people all day long who are dealing with the aftermath of what someone has done to them, right? And injustice, basically. And to read, you know, do not fret instantly. And I love what you said about letting that seed fester, because I have seen that seed fester, not only in my life, but in other people, people's lives. And it, 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 it takes so much life away from us when that seed can fester. It, it, it's, it's unproductive. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. anger is un, unproductive um, because I do think there's a space for anger that it needs to be expressed, right? But when that seed takes root and it festers years and years on end, it takes years away from our lives. It takes purpose away from our lives. And um, it, it's, it's not productive. Um, I, I, for one, believe healing, you know, emotional, spiritual um, healing is more productive. It, uh, it gives life um, it, and it produces life. It produces new life right? Through us that there's new life being produced when there's healing from those things. And I love verse two, how, you know, it's almost like God is promising justice, you know, some way, somehow, you know, for like the grass, they will soon wither, like green plants, they will soon die away. There's justice that's coming. Sometimes we may not see justice in our land, um, while at the same time, we have to believe justice will come some way somehow. Yeah. And, and that's such an important truth to hold on to because I think often we don't see justice. Um, mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. see at least the justice we think <laughs> should happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm curious as you kind of, there's a lot of directions I want to take this with you, but one of the, the <laughs> before we move into, talking about emotional healing, because I think that's an important thing. I want to ask you, as you kind of kept going through this process, so he brings the do not fret up, you kind of know why he's bringing that up. But then tell me a little bit more about the personal conversation you and the Lord had about not fretting. And what did that 
do for you? What did that mean in your life right now? Yeah. Well, the thing is, when you're in a state of fret, you're dysregulated. You can't think clearly. You're you're unsettled, you know, and, and there's no peace. For me, at least, that's where I was. I couldn't settle. I, there was anything I, I could do to just get myself to, to feel at peace, at ease and settled, you know? And so when I read that, you know, it's almost as if God was talking to me directly, you know, to help me deal with all of those things inside of us. Sometimes we forget that God created our whole bodies. And so he doesn't just talk to our heads, you know, because sometimes we just think that God is in our heads, you know, we're, we're praying, we're thinking, we're thinking of God, we're dealing with God, we're singing about God, all in our heads, things that we do with our cognition. But God deals with our bodies because the fretting was all over my body. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't settle down. You know, I felt, I felt it all over me. I felt the, the dysregulated. And so... The minute I read that, I, I knew it was God wanting to deal with me and and all these things that I was holding in my body, like the 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 fear of what will come of this, you know. And not only the fear of what will come of this, but the 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 lament in my heart, the grief of what happened, you know. Not even for the case itself, but just the sheer trauma of this even being a thing. Like, his life was taken. So I think I'm still dealing with that. And then on top of that, there's a trial, you know, and now I have to relive that. So now my body tightens up and like, oh, my gosh. So so I think it's all of that God wanted to deal with. So let's talk a little bit about kind of trauma And you had just said, you know, kind of feeling it all in our body. I know one of the things that I've heard and seen you do is really encourage people to sit in the pain, to lament um, when when something either unjust has happened to us or we see injustice in the world. So talk a little bit about why is that important to actually move through that physically instead Mm -hmm. of just kind of moving on? Yeah, yeah. There's a um, an author that I love. He was in our denomination by the name of Soon Chan Ra, and he wrote the book Prophetic Lament. Um, and in his research, he talked about how the Psalms, 40% of the Psalms are Psalms of Lament. And these Psalms would carry the, the people through different things that were happening because you know the 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 community in the Bible were a, a group of minority community who were constantly, you know, trying to find ways to live. You know, their lives were in danger, so they had to lament all the time. You know, um, because you know um, they were waiting for God to deliver them, right? And so he talks about how. Um, you know, lament was so necessary to their survival, you know, how they would come together as a community, how they would just cry out to God, you know, and that lament is the voice of the unheard. The lament is the voice for those who are 
um, just deeply in need of God to show up and um, and do something about their reality. So, so for me in these days, I find that the as we're seeing all this injustice, and especially in my role in the work I do with women around the world, and I see so much pain, um, I have to have a practice of lament. I can't just tuck it away. Um, I can't, because a lot of people ask me, how do you do this work? You know, you see a lot. Um, and, and part of the how is that I have to lament. I have to find a community where I cry, grieve, and cry out to God about it and and just lament some of the, the things that, or all of the injustices that I've seen around the world. And lament is not just, lament is not unproductive because I think a lot of us fear lamenting. A lot of us fear grieving because we think that it's just going to spiral us into a place of no return, but that's not true. I think once that energy of needing to cry out and cry out to God about it is released. It gives us new energy, new, um, uh, uh, just a newfound freedom to move forward, to figure out how to keep fighting for justice, Mm. you know, how to keep living, you know, how to strategize to live in this land because we still have life. We still have breath. Um, how do we keep living? We have to lament. Mm. We have to lament. It's beautiful. When you, you said lament is the voice of the unheard, I was like, oh, that yeah. is powerful. And mm-hmm. and we that voice needs a voice um, or the unheard need a voice. Um, yeah. You talked a little bit about the process of lament, what does that actually look like for you if you're willing to share with us? Um, is that something you do alone in community? Um, what is that? What What are some of the ways? I'm sure it looks different a lot of times, but what are yeah. some of the ways you move through a lamenting process? Yeah, for me and my community growing up in the Haitian community, it would be once a week in the, the church and they gathered together and they would pray read scripture, sing, and just basically wail out to God in a community. Lamenting is most often done um, in community and needed in community because I need my sisters and brothers to validate that we are going through something. Um, And and, in those communities in the Bible, they were very communal. You know, unlike our communities here in America, we're um, very individual and isolated at times, especially with COVID. Many of us are isolated. And so oftentimes, if you look online, when something heinous or a heinous crime has happened or there's a shooting or something like that in the, uh, of the black and brown body in, the, in our communities, you will notice the, the different online forums are almost like a space for people to lament and to Mm. grieve. Mm. And that's why they're so necessary for their voices to, to, to be able to just share how they're feeling. Lament ain't pretty. Mm -mm. You know, when you're lamenting, it's not pretty because if you can read, um, you know, the Psalms, there's accusations in lament. 
God is being accused of all kinds of stuff. There's just like, God doesn't care. There's, you have forgotten us, you know? And then you'll read an online forum. You're like, these people are crazy. What are they talking about? It's called lament. Yeah. And lament and it's actually just the Psalms. I mean, like, I, I that's one of the things that I really love about the Psalms is I feel like there's no holding back. Um, None. Yeah. I'm like, you see some raw anger and just what, where are you, God? Why would you let this happen? And you've done, why, why again, you know, and I just, I see. And what I also really love about the Psalms is they never leave it there. They move through that process and then they recommit themselves Okay, and yet you are God and I am not, and I will choose to trust you again. And absolutely, that's such a great example to us because when we're on our face, angry, frustrated, confused, we there are there are people that have gone before us, centuries of people, <laughs> thousands of years of people who have gone before us who've gone through similar things and have picked themselves back up. And like you said, we're still living and breathing. And so we have to figure out how to move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's necessary. That's how we move forward. That's, mm-hmm. that's the how. And, and for me, I've, I've done it with groups of friends. We've created different forms where we can do that, you know, where we cry out to God. And then we're, we're not talking about people who don't know God, right? I'm talking about me um, my foundation is Jesus. And so yeah. for me, I'm not afraid that my lament would scare God off. You know, my lament, it might scare you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it might scare other humans, yeah. but my lament That's right. is allowed. That's you right. know, I often use this phrase that God is not fragile, Mm-mm. you know, for That's our good. anger, for our griefs, for our lament. He's not. He can take it. And so for me, you know, as a a Christian who believe in in Christ and his power, I I do know that I'm safe in his arms. And so because I'm safe, I can I can lament as ugly and as, you know, raw as it may be. I can bring it to him. Yeah. Yeah. He can hold it and Mm -hmm. and. Yeah, it's like, as you were talking, I I started to have this image of the child throwing the temper tantrum, you know, like, we have held our kids when they have just been flailing about because of some injustice that really wasn't unjust. But you know, and, and we held them until they calmed down, and spoke reassuring words over them. And even if they said things to us, we knew that they don't really mean that. Yeah. Um, that they, they're just, they're working it out. And I exactly. I think that's, yeah, I think we get that freedom and safety with God because we know the whole gospel. We know that there is nothing that can take us out of his hand um, and that he holds us in his loving arms and he lets us work those things out. And you, you did talk about a little bit earlier that, that hard work of healing um, is needed for our bodies. Um, yeah. And it is productive. And I, I love how you even talked about the fear that we have of diving into that hole will just become this black abyss of mm-hmm. dark, you know, like the black hole that will just get right. sucked into it and never come out the other side. And yet, 
um, what, what I'm hearing you say and what I've, I, I know from experience is that if you don't move through those emotions, you're going to actually just be carrying them with you anyway. Yeah. And our body's going to be letting us know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's time to, it's time to unload those bags. <laughs> yeah. And they show up in other places, you know, whether you want to do the work now or later, I would rather you do it now. But, you know, um, because it will show up in other relationships, usually relationships is the telling sign Um, or your bodies. If you're paying attention, your body is another telling sign. Um, The unproductive being unproductive at work is another telling sign. So it shows up. Mm -hmm. There's no way of getting away from not doing the healing work that we need. So what would you recommend as a step for someone to take, you know, that knows that they've got to move through some of this and they haven't done it yet? What's a, what's a good place to start? Ooh, wow. Um, It's, it's, awareness is important for people who are unaware. I would recommend either a spiritual director or um, first, maybe even a therapist, Um, You know, I work in many low income communities and sometimes they can't afford a therapist. And so um, oftentimes I'll give different strategies that they can start with on their own. You know, um, for example, always being physical when it comes doing something um, physical, Um, exercise, walking, running, um, you know, boot camp, you know, you can't get away from doing the physical work because our bodies keep it. There's a book called Our Bodies Keep the Score, um, you know, that's very popular. And it's just talking about healing through movement in our bodies. And so mm-hmm. there's a need for th- that kind of movement, whether it be yoga or deep breathing or whatever. It's just that you can't ignore the body, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and that is, ignored. and it's a great book. It's like eight hundred pages, though. <laughs> but oh, it's um, big. I haven't read the whole thing. I picked it up and I started reading it, and what I've read is so good, and it's actually very readable too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll make sure that we we've talked about a few books and resources, so I'll make sure that anything that we've talked about is in the show notes, so people can grab it there. Um, plus, your Instagram will be there as well. Um, well, Drilla, tell us. How can we find you? We talked a little bit about Instagram, but how can we find you? Yeah, you know, if you go, if, if listeners would go on my website, um, um, all of my information will be there from email to social media. You can leave me a message there and I read all my messages and I get all my messages. If anybody wants to partner um, with me in any way or with Elevate Her, um, you know, they can find me through that as well. So, yeah. Well, it has truly been a privilege to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for making space uh, for us and um, for just coming on the podcast. I'm really glad you are here. Thanks. Yes. I'm glad I came to this has been good for me. And thank you for giving me a psalm that I needed in that moment. It's well, like, that is, <laughs> that's totally the Lord. Yes. <laughs> I'm. It's really fun to see how he orchestrates all of that together. So 
Well, hey, um, I just want to recommend something to you all. If you're enjoying this podcast, um, I want to refer you to another podcast that some friends of mine are doing, Rebecca Carroll and Liz Rodriguez. It's called Honestly Though, Real Talk, Real Life, Real Faith. And what they're doing is they're having some really interesting guests on that are very knowledgeable in their field, and they're having conversations, taking a biblical look at cultural issues. So I think you'll enjoy it if you're liking this. I'm enjoying their podcast a lot, and that's just why I wanted to pass it on to you. And as always, thank you for joining me on So Much More, where Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.